Welcome to episode two of the Drunk Nerds podcast. Tonight we feature our first guest, Mike the Pope Cummings, onto the show to discuss the summer of gaming, the Twitch DMCA, Tamagotchi coming back, PlayStation 5, Magic the Gathering, and the new Dungeons and Dragons adventure, The Mythic Odyssey of Theros. It should also be noted just as a disclaimer that there was a slight bug in the transition of the audio in the podcast, so Coffee Break's audio was not transmitting for about two minutes while introducing Mike. Beyond that, thank you to our unofficial sponsors, Avenue Coffee and Corsair Gaming. We are not paid to promote any particular product, but we want to simply shout out businesses that have supported us individually, either directly or indirectly through use of their products. Furthermore, all opinions expressed in the podcast are our own, and do not reflect that of our employers. We hope you enjoy, and welcome to episode two of The Drunk Nerds. All right, we've got nine o'clock. We're going to go ahead and get started. Welcome to the second episode of The Drunk Nerds podcast. I am pleased to uh, bring to you guys tonight uh, our very first and very special guest host, Mike the Pope. Uh, we also have the one and only Minivan Gaming with us tonight on the second episode. So let's switch on. Hello, everyone. You guys should be unmuted. Beep, beep. I, I always go for the full value plays, Drew. As, as I was saying... Uh, I have apple pie moonshine, nice little uh, bourbon uh, ice in there, and tasty. Uh, I have a, um, you know, carb-free uh, vegan beverage. I like to call it an empty bottle because uh, I'm not very thirsty right now. <laughs> Hashtag not sponsored. I'd like to give a shout out to Monkey Shoulder because I drink it. Because <laughs> I drink it, but they ain't paying me for it. <laughs> Pennsylvania. Paul uh, will uh, link the the stuff in the uh, you know in the thingamadoo down there, and uh, or the thing over there, wherever it is. Chat. So, so viewers, and, I'm really hyped. I'm super excited because I did not know that I was going to get to do this podcast with two William Shatner impersonators. Let's go.
Okay, this is an amazing story, and uh, we're we're gonna. I'm sorry if you're offended. Uh, we're but we're gonna we're gonna get in there. Um, when I started at our joint alma mater, Lock Haven University, uh, I moved into a building called Woolridge Hall. Lock Haven University. Lock <laughs> Haven University. I moved into a building called Woolridge Hall, and I was always. Um, introverted uh but i'd always loved video games so the the perfect way for me to bond with the the guys on my floor and in my wing was through halo 2 so you know i took that money that my grandma gave me for books who needs books anyway and i bought an xbox halo 2 and i started playing and we would play big like 32 player system link games it was awesome but there was a problem, right? There were there were three mics in the hall. So we all needed different names. Now the first mic, he looked like uh like Gorbachev, you know, like like Mr. Gorbachev, tear down that wall. And no matter what no matter what he made his name, he'd be he'd be like, I'm the ultimate warrior. No, we just called him Gorbo. Like it just kind of fit. He was Gorbo. Uh, the other one, so this is a throwback to 2000, 2005, right? The other Mike, we found him alone in his room, crying, watching the show Laguna Beach. So ever since then, he was dubbed Laguna. So we have Laguna and Gorbo. Um, and then And then for me, what I failed to mention at the beginning of this is that I am awful at Halo. I'm so bad. So I decided that the best way for me to make an impact, for me to represent who I was as a person through death, was to just name my character the Pope. So that every time I died on the screen, it would splash. You just killed the Pope. And it stuck. There there was no getting rid of it. The nickname somehow managed me managed to follow me 200 miles back to Philadelphia. I have been the Pope everywhere and nowhere. I I don't know how to do it. I can't I can't escape it. So that's who I am, and that's how I be. There, there, no, there's no Bear Pope comic book. Now, there, there are two combinations of Pope. Now, there's an exceptional comic book. Uh, the author escapes me at the moment. It is called Battle Pope, and it's literally about uh, the, oh, God, what is that thing called? The, you Christians in the chat, you'll know it. Uh, uh, Ragnarok? That's, yeah, we're going to call it Christian Ragnarok. The Christian Ragnarok happens, and, uh, Rapture! That's the word. They they rapture all the people except the the Pope is uh you know I gotta keep it family friendly. Um he is in a uh, predicament with a young lady. They're both enjoying themselves. So he doesn't get raptured and he has to spend the rest of his days repenting by killing demons on earth. That's super dope. And then to, to play off the, the bear thing, 
there is a comic book called The Shirtless Bear Fighter, who is a man who was raised by bears, and he uh, takes down an evil toilet paper company while fighting fully nude. Now, th- did that come out before or after coronavirus? Before, way before. Oh, oh yeah, way, way before. And I'm thinking, like, the, they beat The Simpsons to that one because we Shit. just predicted the future, figuratively and literally. <laughs> awkward silence. Transitions. Yeah. <laughs> Only awkward Seg- if you make it awkward. Segways are hard. <laughs> I mean, I'm not the host, but I've been, you know, listen, my back kind of hurts from carrying this entire podcast for the past 15 minutes, guys. He's already wasted on moonshine. Politics, <laughs> politics, politics, politics. <laughs> and there goes my Twitch channel, everyone. Nice knowing you. Uh, no, but, <laughs> um, so, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, so as you guys can tell, we have no idea what we're doing. We're just having fun with it. Uh, no, we actually have a pretty decent agenda hashed out for the evening. Uh, for those that have been back to work and have not been able to keep up with gaming news, it is the summer of gaming. And there have been quite a couple of releases already, uh, both from publishers as well as console uh, manufacturers. I'm sure by now everyone has seen the, the PlayStation 5 announcement. Initial thoughts? The general grievous, <laughs> the general uh, grievous announcement? Oh, I thought that was uh, Seto Kaiba's jacket. Screw you, I have money. Basically, <laughs> Either that or it's the, the tower for the Eye of Sauron. I don't... I'm I'm pretty confident that my favorite meme revolving around the the PS5 thing is just a PS2 in a white ring binder. Like that was the funniest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. I saw an old Netgear gateway with two mailing envelopes, two white mailing envelopes taped to it. Going, I found the beta. Wow. Like, I get it. It's, you know, when the when the new Xbox got revealed, it was like, you know, it's a block. And people are like, it's so unimpressive. But then PS5 comes out with this design, and it's so over the top. And it's like, what? <laughs> it's a 2030 console for 2020. It It's like they, they just went on the opposite sides of the spectrum. Like, you can tell that Microsoft was just sort of looking for a PC in a console format, right? They just wanted a rectangle that did cool stuff. Um, and the the PS5, you could tell that they were going fully aesthetics. Uh, I don't know what games are on it, but you could tell that they were going fully aesthetics and they wanted, you know, you fourth-rate duelists with your third-rate beta keys to just get out of here, you know? The only thing I can say about it uh, from a design standpoint is that it just reminds me of Fergie, man. It's so 3008 and we're 2000 and late. I don't even understand that reference, but I'll go with it. Yes, it makes sense. Uh, No, I actually, I did catch some of the release, uh, the launch titles. They announced a remastered Demon Souls, which I'm, which I'm low key excited for, um, for Demon Souls, not the, breaking up controllers and, you know, bashing my head against the wall every time the game mocks me saying you died and AKA you suck. 
Uh, I figured you were just yeah. excited for like launch events, like not actually like games and stuff. You were just like, I was really hyped for them to say words. No, 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 no. Um, there's also let's see what else is there. A new Resident Evil that is uh, that was announced as well too. That looked pretty good, and uh, th that was really it. That that stuck out to me during the the initial unveiling. Um, you could definitely tell there was that last minute scramble of, holy crap, this is going to be so much better in person, but we don't have an audience due to coronavirus. What B-roll uh, titles do we have that we can just showcase? And it was just two hours of, of indie titles. Here's a legitimate question with this, though. You had, um, with everything going on right now, you had uh, a number of developers and, um, and different events that postponed or canceled and said that they're, you know, I'll use the Blizzard one, for instance. They were doing a... Uh, a big announcement about the new expansion for World of Warcraft, and they came out and said, we're going to cancel and postpone this event because there's more important voices that need to be heard right now. And then you, then you have Summer Game Fest come out and PlayStation dropping these bombs and stuff. What, I don't know, how, how do you feel about that? Mike, do you have any thoughts or? Well, to like piggyback Wow, off, I think that was the first time I called you Mike in 12 years. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. All right, Pope, what do you got? <laughs> to piggyback off what Richard said, I'm really disappointed that they canceled Azeroth Choppers 2. You know, I was hoping for a new mount. Well, Polly uh, Senior and Polly Junior aren't they don't work together anymore, so it doesn't <laughs> Listen, it was listen, on Azeroth Choppers 1, it was Vinny's team versus Polly's team. All right? You got to you you clearly were invested. They should do Azeroth Choppers 2, but it's Polly D's team, and I don't know any other Vinny, so... My cousin Vinny? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's Joe Pesci versus the dude from the show? Like, what? Battle of the Vinnies. <laughs> from the Jersey Shore? Yeah. Oh, jeez. The, the hair gel is the fuel. Um, <laughs> sorry, I interrupted though. Go, go ahead. <laughs> but uh, on a on a more serious note, I think that given the temperature of how everything is right now, uh, video game developers, which see such a huge audience and hype events, you know, year round, they have this this immaculate reach. Uh, them saying that there are things that are happening right now that are a lot more important than video games resonates a lot harder than hearing, you know, this is Dan Rather on the morning news. Like, I, I, I trust video game guy number one. He makes game I like. Well, I think that's exactly it. You know, video games has become incredibly normalized. You know, regardless of what genre you play, it's an instant relation. Oh, you play Call of Duty. Oh, you play Apex. You know, there's that instant destruction of a barrier right there. So for, 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 the, for, the, for the industry as a whole to kind of take a collective step back, I think it was absolutely necessary. Mm -hmm. um, but I also, I also think that the, the current events combined with coronavirus, it, it's just going to not be the same level as as gamers have come to expect um because we are incredibly um spoiled when it comes to these events you know every year it's phil spencer walks out last year it was freaking keanu reeves at the cyberpunk reveal you're breathtaking right 
but you know that's that's where the industry it's gone more from the love of games uh to the love of entertainment of games mm-hmm. and i think it could have been done one step further if i'm being honest you know for instance um the the music platforms uh the the streaming platforms youtube uh even facebook you know despite what zuckerberg bot wants to do um spotify all of them use their platform to promote um black artists black musicians um you know it's it, in in a, instead of saying we're discon- we're, we're we're disconnecting our services so other people can be heard it's where uh we're we're not just disconnecting but we're also promoting mm-hmm. the gaming industry really has not done that no, i think, I think... Oh, go ahead yeah. i was just going to say i i think that's true on a macro scale i think there are micro things that are happening you know the, there was one thing and uh i think iskande's in the chat today um but like you know blizzard announced that they were postponing their reveal and everything um you know and, and he's been very vocal about blizzard ever since the whole hong kong debacle um which they came out and apologized for and said that they completely bungled it and you know it is it is what it is now i mean it's in the past but they, i don't think that they ever really made right by that even though that they said the things that they needed to say they never really put action where their words were but in this case i think blizzard did absolutely right they not only postponed their event and said that there's more important people that need to be heard right now but then they raised four million dollars to donate to um uh different charities to uh combat uh racial injustice and uh equality which i think spoke volumes and i'm pretty sure the um the part of that four million is a personal pledge from uh activision ceo oh bobby Um, kotick or yeah Yeah. for a million i think a million dollars of that is a personal donation from from activision ceo so i mean that's that speaks volumes to me that they're not just saying like it's not just lip service of saying hey we don't have shit ready anyways so you know let's just push it back and make this blank use it as an umbrella yeah right uh as of late i have stepped away uh from video games i play a lot of single player stuff but my my big vice my big game right now is magic the gathering uh, which is made by Wizards of the Coast, who also make Dungeons and Dragons and a couple other games that we all know and love. Um, and as far as the Black, Life, Black Lives Matter movement and everything going forward, uh, they they tried to take a positive PR stance and they shouted out, you know, all their black employees. And uh, there's only three. So they received this huge, huge backlash from their fan base. And it it started this, this uh, dialogue about how uninclusive the community is as a whole and Wizards of the Coast has been like sort of backpedaling and you know they're censoring cards and they're banning cards from formats that have you know depictions of people from the Middle East you know African characters black characters and these cards are being banned they're being removed and uh, it's a small step but it's definitely you know it's the juxtaposition against Blizzard. You know, they they tried to go for this like moral, we love our friends, but they they faltered in 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 every kind of way, and it's been 
kind of ingraining against the community a little bit. Yeah. It almost, it, the, the way you described it, it almost sounded like a particular presidential candidate's rally where that candidate said, hey, here's my insert minority here. I, we, we love them and tried to put them on a pedestal and then fell off the pedestal. Mm-hmm. Or it's like, like, I have a Middle Eastern friend. Ooh. But, but you hit all those, uh, you start, yeah. you start to hit all those, uh, squares on the racist bingo card. <laughs> yeah. Right. But I mean, like, I'm just a white guy. I, there, there's, there's no way that, that I fully understand how minorities in this country feel, whether it's on a day-to-day basis, whether it's the gaming community, it's just my view and my experience in these communities is so much different. And it, it is slowly becoming more and more apparent, at least to me. No, so, you're, you're not alone there. Um, when, when, when the protests, uh, when instigators in the protests, unfortunately made it turn violent, um, it was right. Uh, Pope, you were, you're, you're in the thick of it down there. And mm-hmm. with me being close to the city, um, you know, there was, there was obvious concern, but you know, the, the realization that I think a lot of the gaming community has at least being a, a cisgendered white person is that we live life on easy mode. You know, we can go to the grocery store as awkward as that may be. Right. It's Mm -hmm. uh, the social phobias are psychosomatic almost. It's not externally life threatening. We don't have to worry about sitting on our front stoop and catching hell. Um, So I'm hoping I'm, I'm hoping that what is happening right now is the first step in a long overdue transition to a more just society. Um, I reached out to uh, a few friends, a few colleagues of mine, um, and I and, and they they they're, they're persons of color, and I and I said, look, I'll never know, I'll never understand, you know, I can I can never understand the the true abhorrent fear that you feel when you leave to go to work or to go to Seven Eleven or or to Wawa or to whatever the case may be. But what can I do, being in the position that I am, based on a genetic lottery that I had no control over, to, to write to, to to carve out, you know, what can in my little microcosm of the universe, what can I do to help right those wrongs? And the best and the best advice I got was, it, it, it it's elementary school for for most of the kids growing up. If you see something, say something. Mm-hmm. You know, be your own advocate. If you know that something is intrinsically wrong, say something in the moment. Don't have those shower thoughts at two in the morning. When you when your anxiety flares up, you go, man, I wish I could have said something because we've all had those shower arguments, right? You look at that bottle of shampoo and go, oh man, if I said this, I would have got that guy. Um, no, it's 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 having the 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 uh, the I'm fortitude. Quick witted, I I say it in the moment. Yeah, so. but you 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 step <laughs> yeah, up. I also I also say it in the moment to the shampoo too, Richard. It's okay. <laughs> but you step up, and that that was the biggest piece of advice that I could get. I stopped talking to the shampoo bottle because it kept winning my argument. So, so you no, moved over the to the con- conditioner bottle, right? Yeah, he's yeah. picking on the conditioner. To to answer uh, Skande Forty Four's question, uh, Wizards has about nine hundred and fifty employees. So, and three of them are African American. That was that was definitely like a big a big wake up call to the the play community. Uh, I 
I'll try to find the Reddit thread and and share it because it was a pretty good read. I don't want to, uh, you know, we try not to get too political on here, um, or at least we're attempting to at this point. But uh, I think it's things that need to be said, um, and and I'm not lost, as I'm sure both of you are not lost on the irony of of three white men sitting here talking about this, um, and so, but um, I do think that um, we have to continue to be a voice uh, and a voice of reason. Um, for people who, for whatever reason, as stupid as it may seem, just don't get it. Um, so, and on top but, of it, we're in the midst of Pride Month as well. You know, yeah. it's you know we're coming off of another anniversary of the Stonewall riots, where a black transgender individual set a spark that, with today's Supreme Court ruling, that transgender individuals are protected under the Civil Rights Act. Um, so I think it falls to us to not just be a voice, as ironic as it is in this platform, but to take it a step further and be an ally wherever we can. We're on the, uh, we're just past the anniversary of the Pulse shooting mm -hmm. massacre down there, too. So. Well, uh, in uh, transitioning to, I guess, a more uh, less important topic. I guess genetic lottery, we got Tamagotchi coming back. Yeah. Uh, what is what? What has been your uh, favorite reveal so far? Of the Tamagotchi? No, just in <laughs> the blue one. It was. It's the blue one. Definitely the blue I one. Know, you know, how many Tamagotchis are dead out there? Like, how how many how many parents in our generation that now have children let their Tamagotchis die? I know I did. <laughs> Uh, no comment. I had, a, I had a Yoda Tamagotchi thing. Yeah, I was. I never had the the official Tamagotchi. I had the Gigapet. <laughs> I remember those. I had the Gigapet, and I had a Giga Kitty. And nope, we lost video. Hang on, just a second. Can you still hear us, world? Type one in the chat if you can still hear us. All right, we got minivan back. Um, hope you might have to. Uh rejoin the call and mini mute your audio on the the web browser as call in yep they call in damn ddos attacks that's exactly it even if it's not that's what we're gonna blame it on the the, the biggest reveal as of late like are we talking video games oh 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 he's back okay <laughs> hopefully biggest are we talking about like the biggest reveal as of late across nerd culture, across video games? Um, yeah, what you... I mean, whatever. I mean, I'm pumped for Star Wars Squadron. Uh, I mean, I think it's a good update for the old Rogue Squadron um, for GameCube. Um, it looked, the, the, the trailer looked fantastic. You know, I'm going to be hesitant, as I always am with EA. and <laughs> But... Uh, but I, I was pumped for it. I thought it looked really great. Tamagotchi thing was kind of weird to me. Um, but I understand with mobile gaming taking off, uh, you know, you have the Switch for mobile, uh, mobile gaming on your on your phones. It, it does make sense. And maybe in that in that line, uh, Tamagotchi and those type of things, Gigapets were ahead of their time. Mm-hmm. Well, it, I... I'd like to sort of expand on that, and then I'll share the thing that I'm excited for. 
humans, like, we tend to, like, pack bond with anything. Like, the weirdest things. Like, you could go into somebody's house, and you could see a lamp, and you're like, I really like this lamp. Like, I hope I hope my friend takes care of this lamp. But for, for the longest time, uh, we we've played sort of pet simulators, you know, whether it's Tamagotchi, whether it's the Giga Pets, and, you know, the number one game of all time, you know, the Pokemon franchise. I am confident that at some point, all three of us have had a favorite Pokemon that anytime we played and we could get it, we would put it on our team. Swampert. Um, but, yeah, yeah, it is, it's just, yeah, it's just so so common that it it's it has to be an instant money maker with how much we're on our phones, with how with how mobile gaming is now. Just like, oh I gotta I gotta take care of my Digimon. Like, let's go, Agumon. That's that's what we need. I mean, yeah. I'll, I'll be honest, like we need big bad Beetleborgs back and we need Digimon. Like <laughs> Oh man. We got, oh, we no. got the new <laughs> we got the new Pokemon game for Switch. Now we need like and then we need a crossover like Capcom versus Marvel. Like we need like Digimon versus Pokemon <laughs> battle that is, game. That is, those are some words that you just said, my friend. They were the best words. You could do they were, DL, they were. You could do DLC fighters like they do in Mortal Kombat, and like throw in some of the big bad Beetleborgs. Like uh, who else could you throw in? Uh, like the, like the, the dudes uh, from Monster Rancher. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Monster yeah. Rancher would Monster be a good one. Rancher. Or um uh the uh A the, random uh, bionicle yeah. appears. What was the random um God why can't I told you I can't think of names. The uh Beast Wars. Uh the Beast Transformers, Wars? yeah. Rat Trap? Yeah, Rat, Rat Trap. Trap. Was, Rat mm-hmm. Trap was the juice. And I mean Optimus if I had to pick Primal. If I had to pick anybody to be on the team, it would definitely be Cubix. If you uh, nice. if you don't remember Cubix, he was the juice. <laughs> what is happening, Coffee Drew? I know right. Every, everything is broken. <laughs> everything is broken. <laughs> we just, took a stream. He's not even on the stream. It's just us. Yeah. Just, just run. Just run. All right, game over, All guys. Right. No, um, it, it's actually it's an issue with Twitch right now. Everything from the host perspective is is crashing and burning with from the ddos attacks earlier so that's, uh, that's why it pays to be a guest exactly exactly you guys uh get to be spared my my face this evening get to rock my 2009 webcam logitech not sponsored let's go <laughs> but or, all right i'll swing us back around to um to get back into the like things that are being revealed uh despite the, the words that I have just said a few moments ago. Uh, I am a huge Magic the Gathering fan, and I play the Commander format, uh, and the new set comes out in one week, uh, about a week, uh, Friday the 3rd of July, and the cards are being spoiled, more and more cards are being spoiled every day, and the cards are freaking insane for Commander, and I'm so hyped to play. I'm so hyped. My biggest thing, I guess, we talked about this on the last episode, but I'm just getting tired of like the new video game reveals just being um, uh, like remastered editions of the same game. Mm-hmm. The, the video game industry, again, I'll reiterate this, and I'll, I will die on this soapbox, but um, the video game industry is not old enough 
for that to be <laughs> like the premise now. You mean uh, you mean you're not excited for Skyrim on the Samsung smart fridge? Like uh, <laughs> make your cereal and place play Skyrim at the same time. Conquer dragons, eat your crispies. <laughs> Foos, row, <laughs> spit cereal all over the place. Like, come on, man. And a random uh, ice cube tray just falls to the ground. Mm-hmm. Shatters everywhere. Take that shatter damage. Yeah, I um, I don't. I don't play magic. I did when I was younger. We've had this conversation even through college. Um, hard games, especially of that variety, uh, like magic and even Hearthstone to some degree and stuff, have always just been beyond me. I don't think it's beyond my skills per se that that I couldn't do it, but I think it's beyond me in the sense that I don't I don't have the patience to sit down and actually learn like the different decks and everything to do mm-hmm. that. If somebody gave me a deck and said, this is how you play, and I would play it, and I think I'd be fine, but I just don't think I have the patience to sit down and be like, okay, I'm going to build my own deck, and I need four of these or three of these, and this is this you know balances this out, and this is why you need these cards. You know, I just don't have the patience for that. It's, it's definitely the kind of experience that, that sort of pulls you... It pulls you away from... from socially aspects right um when i first met you you were deep into world of warcraft you were probably one of the best video game players i had ever met uh at that point in my life now you still are you're okay again um but card games card games are fundamentally different like most of the time it ends up being the individual experience uh and When you play games like World of Warcraft, you want to improve for the sake of your raid group. You want to get better to get better for yourself and to get better for the group so you can complete your content. Uh, Magic is sort of... Magic and other card games is sort of uh, solo... makes you introspective on the solo stuff i don't know words guys hashtag dyslexic Solitary. yeah Solitude. yeah your your goal is personal and right. some people are and it just has to do with your willingness to invest time like i have been playing card games since i was 13 years old so that's almost 20 years i started with pokemon like a lot of kids my age i moved on to the dragon ball z card game by score uh skande 44 was just like, hey, I used to play that game in college, and then uh, brought my brought my deck up, and we played, and I absolutely rubbed his face in the dirt, and it was amazing. I'm so sorry, Escande44, but it's one of my favorite stories of all time. Uh, then I made a couple friends in college that started playing Magic, and I, when I moved home after I graduated, I uh, one of the old game shops that I played into started going there every Friday for Friday Night Magic, and it's just a just a different platform, just a different way to, to look at games, if that makes any sense. Or I just went on a top-tier ramble like no one has ever battled well, before. 
It makes sense to me. Like, no, it I made enjoy, perfect sense. I enjoy card games if it's in the sense of like a deck building game. So uh, Legendary, Marvel's Legendary, mm-hmm. uh, Dominion, um, those type of games. And we, I, I don't remember what was the game that we played at your at your apartment. Value. 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 No, no. Uh, I, I, I'm watching through his podcast yep. he just split himself <laughs> in wait you find a back door you find a back door so what's it uh, uh, the, um the game that you and i played uh, yeah, it was star, like the... star realms a 1v1 deck building game yeah and it took we played what three games or two games and and the first one you like kind of trounced me and as i was learning and then the second one i just fired back yeah the, uh-huh. and it, that was one of the games that uh that sort of got me into deck building style games because if I can't play the game competitively one-on-one, I would rather play cooperatively with everyone. Yeah, uh, that's, that's what I like about Marvel legendary um, mm-hmm. to be honest, because first of all, it's characters that you know and love. Um, mm-hmm. so, so you have like a vested interest in, and, and then um, not only that, but then you can play the game competitively uh, but it's a co-op game in the sense that um, you're all trying to defeat the mastermind, but at the end you can total up your victory points and see who who did the best. Unless you just want to be a jerk and be Hulk and then damage everybody else and give them <laughs> wounds and everything, then then you could do that. Deadpool does that too, I think. But. I I actually last year uh, there's an event in Philadelphia every year. It's called PAX Unplugged. It is for the board gamers, the card gamers, uh, is their version of PAX. And uh, we actually had Iskande44 come and visit me, stayed at my home. It was pretty great. And he, we played uh, Legendary for the first time. And he yeah. was just like, Pope, we're going to play. And uh, my favorite Marvel superhero is Captain Marvel. I love Carol. She's my favorite. And he just windmill slammed all the Carol Danvers cards out. And I was just like, all right, let's do this. Let's build a Carol deck, and then I drafted Nightcrawler. I think I don't even I didn't even draft any Carol cards. Yeah, it's it's fun because the uh, the mechanics that you like. We're gonna way off on a tangent, which I told you this would happen. But welcome to the like, podcast. That that type of game in in the sense of, um, you know, I love Doctor Strange, and so mm-hmm. but when Doctor Strange is in the deck of heroes, I very rarely draw his cards because. The way his cards work just isn't very appealing to me, um, but I I tend to go after the uh, um, who I play a lot um, the Iron Man cards I play mm-hmm. Spider Man Spider Man can be fun because it's all a lot of two two point cards so mm-hmm. you can just kind of start laying them out but yeah it's a it's a great game I think it's you know my brother started playing it I think or wanted to learn how to play it for uh his kids with his kids mm-hmm. um so we bought a um they re-released the original set with the cinematic universe cards That's pretty cool and um so we left that we had bought it and then uh i just left it at his house and said here you go play with your kids because the, they're gonna know the movies more than they will the old comic stills and stuff that they were using so hmm. yeah one but of the things that oh go ahead pope it gives you it also gives them you know uh, a fundamental basis for the game right. you now you can play you know uncle minivan's game when when you get to see each other 
Like that's that's something right. that you can share in common, which is also another great thing about video games, people on the internet. Equality. That's right. Gotcha. Ain't that the truth? Yeah. Full circle, baby. No, but uh, one thing I, I one thing I do enjoy with the tabletop aspect is that with the You're right still here, yeah, I'm still here. You guys can't get rid of me that easy. <laughs> um, is is definitely the ability to to bring different folks together. So, for instance, mm-hmm. one of the, uh, the the side projects that I'm on right now, um, one of the one of the stream community communities I'm part of. So here's my shameless plug of the night. Uh, for all the friends that out of the good game report hanging out in chat. Um, one of the things we're working on is actually bringing tabletop to Twitch on one of their stream nights. And the game that in that's in question is a game called Monster of the Week. Either of you guys familiar with it? I am not. K or W-E-E-K. Like seven day work week. Like so W-E-E-K. W-E-E-K. Yep. Um, so Monster I, of the I Week. I wasn't sure if you knew the difference, so I was just checking. No, you're projecting again. Uh, Monster of the Week is a standalone action RPG. Uh, it's ideally designed between uh, for three to five people, and it has kind of like a Buffy the Vampire Slayer vibe to it, where each game you can get different uh, different monsters, and the character creation is you uh, you build a cohesive hunting team. As I whack my mic here. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, you have to use uh, your, your different investigation moves from car- uh, character creation to figure out and deal with whatever monster uh, comes up uh, for that week. And it's really cool. You can have things like the the Crooked or a Spell Slinger. You can bring in um, government investigation teams, a la Mulder and Scully, if you want to go that route. And it's very dynamic, but it's also very accessible. So uh, there's there's a lot to kind of unplug but stay plugged in at the same time uh you have a comment from daydreamer saying the pope's light is too bright well that's because he's a holy man i'm sorry daydreamer i was uh posting something on twitter so it was uh, a bright screen my my apology (laughs) uh as far as like the community Um, as far as the community aspect of gaming that we've sort of wandered into uh i have some friends that i met uh, they are husband and wife one is from you know ohio and i mean one is richard obviously one is one is from ohio. wait a minute wait a minute richard i thought you were in louisiana are you dr manhattan on us everywhere and nowhere at the same time he's dr strange bro mm. doctor, I, got that, I got that big blue penis bro <laughs> that's dr manhattan <laughs> You might want to get that checked out, bro. It's no, it's got the. Uh, never mind. I wasn't gonna. It's got the. Uh, infinity if you stone. or a loved one uh, is in need of a, a affordable health care, you can go to affordable health care or healthcare.gov <laughs> to get your big blue penis checked out by a medical professional. That's that socialism <laughs> shit you're talking. About. <laughs> anyway, your your friends, their couple, I, husband and wife in Ohio. Friends. <laughs> And they moved to the Philadelphia area, and they are huge board game fans. And and I typically am not. Uh, I don't know why. It's just like the multiplayer competitive aspect just doesn't doesn't sit right with me. If if I'm gonna play a game competitively against someone, I want to be able to 
manipulate my own advantage if that if that makes sense so which is like picking your own cards in your deck and and things like that so uh i shared that with them and instead of being like well we only play these games they went into their collection and found cooperative games that we could play together knowing that i would enjoy those games so i have been i've been able to to try a whole bunch of different things um just because you know people in this community that i had known for you know a couple months at that point and and now you know almost two years at this point you know they were like well you know this guy he's not really into what we do but you know there's stuff that we like that he may enjoy so let's scoop it all together so i mean i've been able to try games uh like gloomhaven i don't know if you guys have ever played gloomhaven but that is like a, an event like i'm pretty sure we played for like six hours and we did four pages of the book and so kind of like the uh the cones of dunshire i don't know what i don't know what game it was that uh our our friend felix was telling us about but he's like yeah it takes us like two hours to set the game up and then we play for like three hours and tear it down and i'm like that just (laughs) just it's a game in in and of itself right there if i if i wanted to hate my life i'd go buy ikea furniture and try to put it together with my wife and then take it apart. As I look around my apartment, looking at my IKEA furniture. You know, but, but this, <laughs> this Gloomhaven game, like, it was fun to set up too, because you had to like the board was constantly evolving. Like you'd do a mission, and then you'd have to you'd have to change the board for encounters. But it was just like all five of us were like, oh, "I'll get this piece, and I'll get this piece, and we'll put the pieces together." And we're like, "This looks like a baby," and we're just like. We didn't, you didn't have to say that. Get me a soda. So that's sort of... And, and, uh, and, I, and I thought the uh, setup for Settlers of Catan was uh, intricate. Those things, those things I are... That game. <laughs> I love things, that game. <laughs> the, 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 what you're talking about, uh, Pope, is, is really what um, it was, the best, was the best aspects that, that we encountered in RA training, right? And that was the team building stuff. The stuff that we had to do together... Um, that uh, allowed us to really focus on on our friendship and interpersonal communications that we had between everybody on staff at Northall, and uh, those are the things that why we were called a cult on campus and different oh, things yeah. because because we really focused on that stuff and building those relationships, which allowed us to trust each other and and do our jobs uh, mm-hmm. the way it was supposed to. I remember um, my favorite my favorite one of my favorite things that we did. Uh, if you remember this one, we did. Um, uh, we were down in the rec center, and we had uh, we just had all these little, they were different size and shape pieces of wood and stuff, and we had to recreate a structure with it. And um, and they were so everybody just starts grabbing a piece of wood, and they're like looking at the picture, like, oh, this. I'm like, stop, and I like just stare down at the paper. I'm like, all right take this small piece and like just described it to everyone. And then everyone started, you know, to work together to do it. But it was those little things um, that, you know, and then out in the, um, in the ropes course where we had to stand on that log and like shuffle everybody around into the correct uh, Mm -hmm. birthday. I mean, those type of things where we were working together, I think are some of the most memorable ones. Um, And then, you know, um, going to camp and, um, you know, hating our lives at camp. Oh, mandatory fun! That mandatory was... fun. Mandatory fun. 
Those were the days. Oh, but yeah. but looking back on those times, you know, yeah, it was uh, it's a pain in the ass. I don't want to do this, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but looking back, you know, almost ten years out of out of undergrad, it's like, man, I I would trade that for the for the fucking tax bill I got last year, <laughs> you know. But uh, I I think you're on I think you're on to something. It's uh those skills are becoming more desirable every single day as we progress in the workforce and seeing the the types of 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 uh impl- potential employees out there uh that clearly don't have leadership skills uh versus those who do and that's the it's not, not even just leadership it's it's i mean it's just interpersonal communication skills in general sure um, and you know that that's the thing i think things have become so competitive i mean if you look at the video game franchises that are that are like you know we had smash brothers but then we also had like marvel ultimate alliance where you had to work together and we had had, halo right halo where you were still working as a team with other people and and different things but um you know now you're looking at like the battle royales and stuff that are that are that are out there and then you also have to look at the instant gratification society that we live in where it's what's in it for me um and what high what consumerism high am i going to get from this um right now and so you know Playing those games as co-op games um, actually, I think, you know, helps to fill the void where uh, that that there's not a lot of out there right now. I I think games that that we see they become more popular. So uh, games like Overwatch, Apex Legends, where they're squad-based shooters, uh, they help people understand multiple roles, not just within a game. So like in a game, you have a tank, you have a healer, you have support, like all that kind of stuff, but it allows you to understand the roles that you need to fulfill in the workspace or with your family uh, or with your friends. You know, what do, what do my friends need right now? I can't be, you know, the selfish player that runs off and and shoots everybody. My buddy needs me. Uh, You know, my, my boss is out today. Somebody needs to lead the team. I'll step up for the day and take care of that issue. My boss needs someone to just be reliable for the day. I'll step up and and take that upon myself. Uh, gaming definitely puts us in a position of flexibility, especially when you play sort of cooperative team-based games. Like, what does your character do? In, in this Gloomhaven game, actually, I was playing this, like, druid rock man, and my my original goal for him was just to like smash stuff with rocks because that's cool. Like, like that's the, like the rock giants in the never ending story. Yeah, he's just like, my hands are so big. <laughs> right? But half the characters' abilities were healing. So I was drafting this like half healing, half, you know, explode rock, people deck. Rock so smash. Rock, rock smash. smash. So so what I ended up doing as we were playing, I, I I ended up drafting more of these healing cards. And you know, I would keep these, you know, handful of big smashy attacks in my deck and I and I slowly changed my role to support because that's what the group needed. And you know, it's it's so transferable and it's so translatable to, you know, whether you're you're playing a game, you're in the workspace, you're 
you know, riding the bus and somebody's got the smelly, got to get the smelly guy off, you know, like you, you know, you can just be support and cheer for the person that's actually doing it. You know, you, you just gotta, you just gotta live your life. But I think it also allows that, uh, kind of pause moment as well, where you can kind of self-reflect and go, okay, what does this person or this, this group need me to be as well too? Because we've all been in that environment, whether it's a game or in the workspace, where you've got that a t- that that typical Leroy Jenkins type, where they're just like, nope, f this, I got it, and they just rush on in and usually make more of a mess than than the initial problem was. Typically, um, typically, what you do with that person is that before they start running off, you point them right towards the HR department door and let them go. <laughs> true. <laughs> You're, you're you're absolutely right, but if you're in a position where you don't have that luxury, um, you know you can point them into uh, a receiving refrigerator or a walk-in freezer or something like that. Um, but you know, I've done that. Yeah, as have I. As have I. But being, but having that 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 perspective, having that ability to to take that moment and say, wait, let me listen and figure out what I need to be doing. I mean, you. Many how uh, every anytime you and I reach out to each other for advice, it's okay. Are you li- what do you want from me? Do you want me to just listen, or are you looking for advice? You know, it's it's kind of like that. You know, you have to be circumspect and and be able to adapt on the fly. Yep, yep. I agree. Uh, speaking of this, I mean, this kind of leads into the the next thing that we had on the discussion, anyways, talking about roles and how to fulfill needs of a group. Um, so uh, we've been playing a lot of D&D, um, and Pope, I think you will appreciate this. Uh, Iskande is uh, DMing a group for us uh, right now. It's a small group. Uh, it's um, uh, Xanos, myself, uh, and uh, two two other friends, uh, Grayson, because I can't remember his screen name. <laughs> <laughs> Jerace, I think it is. And you can then, just call uh, him Empty Bus Seat. Uh, empty empty bus and uh, and then Tom, who's uh, T Murph, if he's in the in the chat, but um, he they uh, so Trevor and I got together and we were like, I was I called Trevor the one day and I'm like Trevor, I have this great idea and he's like what and I was like our characters for this D and D game for for uh, Iskande and he's like what's that and I'm like Sherlock and Watson, <laughs> <laughs> so I have a Sherlock Holmes character. That I'm playing in D and D right now, and it's amazing because I have uh, just like no charisma, no strength, but my passive perception and things are like astronomically high. <laughs> that's that's really freaking cool. <laughs> but uh, but you know it, it's um I'm sure that it pisses off uh, Tom a lot because um, Tom is playing this. Uh, Tabaxi, which is a cat person, uh, monk that's kind of stealthy, and he's always like, "Here, let me scout ahead and just see." And I'm just like, "No, I'm gonna go see." And I just start running. (laughs) (laughs) Which is a far cry opposite from the game we're in, where you're this, you know, Aragorn type uh, brooding ranger. So. So was, uh, yeah, and then I DM another game, and uh, and those those characters. It, it's fun to be able to play the different types of characters. I think um, I'm having fun with both characters. 
Uh, I had a character in the in the first game before the Ranger Pope. It was a uh, <laughs> a gnome a gnome wizard, um, but uh, I wanted to be a pacifist, so <laughs> I had all spells that like like charms and illusions and Arrested stuff like vegetation. That. Yeah, nothing nothing that would harm anyone. And um, and the whole concept was the backstory was that um, because I was I grew up to like a merchant family. And because they couldn't afford or like couldn't get me to schooling, they were just like, "Well, just learn the trade. Just forget about the magic stuff that's like kind of in your blood." And there was a local um, street magician who just stole for a living. But because I was a kid at the time, I thought, "Oh, he's a mage. He knows how to do this." And so I'm like, "Can you teach me?" And he's like, "Yes." And he started to use like my innate magical abilities to help him steal stuff. And then he steals a uh, a book, uh, a spell book from a um, from an acolyte that's kind of coming through town, and he gives it to me. He's like, "Here, you know, if you want to learn how to do magic, you have to read this book." And I end up reading this book and and trying to cast spells out of it, and I end up casting fireball and killing my family. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so I. I I vowed never to use magic for harm again, and uh, and I created this false identity. And then, <laughs> but the problem was, what was, was that it, false identity's it, name? Uh, yeah, what was it? Um, Pistachio something or other. Oh, um, Senor Pistachio Benito Papacito the Sixth. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Because in the first session... Totally inconspicuous. Yeah. <laughs> Such an inconspicuous name. In the first session, Drew says, Drew's character says to me, he's a paladin, um, dragonborn paladin. And he says to me, he's like, wow, that's quite the mouthful uh, for a name. And I'm like, yeah, you think that's long? You should hear my my dad's name. <laughs> and, he's like, and he's like, well, what's your dad's name? And I was like, like yeah, I'll Sen- bite. <laughs> Senorito, pa- uh, Senorito Pistachio Papacito or Benicito Papacito the Fifth. <laughs> oh, that game was so absurd. <laughs> but the problem was, is because I was a pacifist, we kept doing these quests, and I'm just like, I don't know that my character would continue to do this. Like, there's no, there's nothing in it for him that would really be like, hey, you need to go do this. So yet uh, you kept running forward. Yeah, that that was the problem I had with it, and uh, so I uh, eventually just got to the point where I worked with Xanos, and I uh, we came up with a new I came up with a new character, which was a it's a ranger, uh, bounty hunter esque ranger, and um, and so I just turned myself in for a bounty. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> anyway. I started on the D&D thing to talk about the, the new um, source book that came out, uh, which is the... Uh, Mystic with- Odyssey of Theros, which, Pope, if I understand correctly, um, that ties in to Magic the Gathering, as yes, you indicated it- earlier off-stream. Yes, it does. Theros is a plane in the story of Magic the Gathering. Uh, there have been source books before uh, that typically revolve around the plane of Ravnica. You guys have probably mm-hmm. seen those before. Uh, Ravnica is a you know big sort of city, so this is a uh, this is a big cultural shift. Theros is the plane that is akin to ancient Greece, and on the plane of Theros are gods, and gods receive their their, their 
beings receive their godhood on Theros in a very unique way. Uh, so instead of instead of like the ancient Greece story, you know, like Prometheus and blah 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 and all the Titans, and then Zeus had sex with a whole bunch of goats and stuff, and then these like gods popped out, right? Uh, on the plane of Theros, that's exactly how my history books tell it. <laughs> that's you know, I my uh, mama pope is a you know she she taught ancient history for you know thirty five years, so I obviously am. Uh, it, it's superior. it's just my thing all right you I, got it from a goat <laughs> i did i got it. you just call my mother no i no i did Jeez. not wow okay i know right i'm never coming on this podcast again the pope's um, mom is a saint she is <laughs> she absolutely is okay but on on theros you you achieve godhood uh by people liking you by people becoming devoted to you and the more and more people that that believe in you and and want you to have power you you transcend so like the first the first story so it's like uh, politics basically basically i was getting a like a like a neil gaiman american gods kind of vibe yeah you know where mr wednesday is like i have i don't have my normal power and then the new gods are like well, that's because no one believes in you anymore. So I'll give you a rundown of the little, like first story of Theros because as players of Magic the Gathering, we recently went back. And and I hope in this D&D module that there's sort of like this devotion mechanic because I think that that would be really cool. But in the first time that the Magic the Gathering players went to go visit Theros, um, you learn of this dude named Xenagos. And Xenagos is a satyr, and he's also a planeswalker. In magic, planeswalkers are people that can go to the different realms of existence. Think like sliders or quantum leap, like that kind of thing. So Ant-Man. Uh, basically Ant-Man. It's Ant-Man, the, the card game. Uh, uh, now you see me? Like that? Like like Gosh. the... With, what? The, uh, the Michael Caine movie? Yeah. Or yeah. or like I was I immediately went to like Mark Ruffalo and uh the kid Jesse Eisenberg. Like isn't that now you see me? Yeah. Michael Caine's oh, one yeah. of the villains. Yeah, oh. Yeah, yeah. oh, I forgot he was in that. Yeah. It's probably it's probably because yeah. that movie is awful. <laughs> Michael Caine. Michael Caine. So the story revolves around this character, Senegos. And Xenagos is on the, the road to, to accumulate as much power as he can. So in Magic, basically the sh one of the strongest things you can be is a planeswalker. And the only way to transcend that is to become a god. So he decides that he's going to hang out on Theros and he's going to you know spark up a revolution and so many people are going to become devoted to him and support him that they're going to make him a god. And working in the background, you have the other gods of the plane that are sort of cooking up this plan to stop this from happening to Xenagos. But the gods of the plane are bound to the plane that they're on. They can't planeswalk away. They can't visit other, other aspects of the universe. So they get a planeswalker, and they give her this weapon that can kill a god. And they just let this Xenagos dude just become all-powerful and become 
a super god, and then she just zoop and just kills him with a spear designed to kill the gods. It was pretty hilarious. I I have to say. I'm not trying to be funny. It almost sounds like the plot to Assassin's Creed Odyssey a little bit. Walking around with the spear of Leonidas. Probably kind of. Um... Maybe? Oh. They're Greek. Leonidas is Greek too. Mm-hmm. Katopipas. The same. I do I do have to say that there's a there's a picture in here. I have the book. Uh, I have the digital copy of the book. I don't have a physical copy. I don't think it comes out till later. Um, uh, but uh, there there is a picture in here. I wish I could show you. Uh, but it has it's called the Slayer and the Philosopher, and then underneath it says Chuck Lucas Lucas. And I'm just like this is like a Chuck Norris reference that. <laughs> He's Chuck. He's Chuck Lucas now. It's on this on this plane of existence. He's Chuck. I don't Lucas. know. Maybe, maybe that's the artist. I don't know. It was just very weird to me. But um, yeah. So in um, in the book, it's basically uh, you're in the age of heroes, um, and so heroes of recent men, memory are. And I don't know if you would know any of these, but Hactos the Unscarred, Siona. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. And her crew on the Pileus, uh, Pythion, Eora, uh, Elspeth, and Daxos, Anax, and Kymeti, uh, Ajani, Goldmane, and countless others. So that's kind of the time frame that, that you're looking at. Um, oh, okay, this is um, so this wouldn't align with the Magic the Gathering story because the character Kythion that you brought up uh, in the Magic the Gathering story, he's actually passed away. Yeah, so this would be yeah, so this would be uh probably a couple ages before or an mm-hmm. age or two before that story takes place. It's still still cool. Um, yeah. They do have um there is uh so there is uh in the character creation you do have like they added for your character a heroic drive. Um why do you want to become a hero? Um supernatural gifts that you can actually get um they added uh now were those in addition to um the the backgrounds and in addition to feats or is it mutually exclusive like you can super supernatural gifts are basically feats that you you can get okay Um, but does it replace them or does it add on to them i guess is what i'm asking i think it kind of uh it changes some of the feats okay so like um like I think there's one that changes the actor feet. Um, okay, there's, so there's all sorts of yeah. So like so you like instead of an feet. actor, you're like a thespian or something. Yeah, and so some of them like there's new feats and stuff, but then there's some in here that's like it changes the wording of the of how the feet Got works. It. So like for lucky right now, it's just that you have luck, and so you can change a roll if you roll bad, right? In 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 this book, the way Lucky is written, it says, the gods smile on me, um, but I dread the day when they withdraw their favor and luck runs out. Got it, got um, it. Yeah, stuff like that. Um, so it, it almost seems like it, it brings more class and player immersion rather than expansion. The last uh, the last source book expansion I bought was Xanathar's Guide. Um, so I haven't had a chance to dig into Mystic, uh, the Mystic Odyssey. Yeah, there's um, 
so they added um humans i mean they added like a subset for humans you know new names and and kind of give them their own um set of attributes and stuff for the humans of theros and then it also added in centaurs uh leonin 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 yeah um minotaurs satyrs and triton so i'm not gonna lie i really want to play like a minotaur barbarian well i think we just gave the bearded hambone uh his next character idea if he's still hanging out in the chat with us <laughs> so for for the the uninitiated um the bearded hambone in one of our D D campaigns uh campaigns plays mash the half orc barbarian right yeah um and his his whole his whole object is to just smash things with his hammer oh man we got hawking weevil in here too oh hell yeah we got sneezing we got hulking weevil we got Hambone. Everybody's coming out. I got banana bread at work today, bro. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> and there's my uh, first DMCA strike. <laughs> um, and then so it adds the only the only subclasses that it adds it adds the uh, a bard and a paladin. Um, and the bard one is actually really cool. I, I really like this one. I may try this out at one time. It's called the College of Eloquence. Um, and you're basically a master of the art of the oratory. Um, so you have like really high persuasion and really high uh, deception. Um, and you can basically like um, your like your third level feature is a uh, silver tongue. You're a master at saying the right thing in the right time. When you make a charisma or uh, uh, persuasion or deception check, you can treat a D20 roll of nine or lower. Oh, as a 10. oh so you're a bullshit artist. Did you try to bullshit last week? No, it, 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 it sounds like it basically become a politician. No, it sounds no. That, it almost sounds like it's like the equivalent of the the sophists. Yeah, and, and uh, you know the 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 old school uh, oratory uh, type of uh, philosophizing. Yeah, and then paladins get uh, oath of glory. Um, so basically, they believe that. Uh, them and their companions are destined to achieve glory through the deeds of heroism. Um, so their their tenants are basically, um, you know, actions over words, challenges are tests. Uh, you need to hone your body and discipline your soul. So you gain a lot of stuff that helps you uh, actually motivate your group to do better. That uh, that reeks of, of uh, Norwegian philosophy in there. Yeah. With with Odin and the the halls in Valhalla, you know the deeds will take us there type of scenario. That's yeah. pretty dope. And then the uh, the background that it brings in is called athlete. Um, when you get to roll a d8 and you have a favorite event, whether it's a marathon, uh, it's funny. It says marathon and then it says long distance running, uh, wrestling, boxing, chariot or horse racing, uh, uh, mixed unarmed combat. Uh, hoplite race and pentathlon uh, pentathlon yep and um, this actually seems for a background choice it seems rather weak I'll be honest um, you don't really get a lot um, basically if you're within 100 miles of where you grew up you have a 50% chance that you can find someone there who admires you and is willing to provide information or shelter 
I mean, that's that's your feature that you get from choosing that. Um, so I don't I don't know. It, it it seems very weak. I don't know why that wouldn't have got scrubbed well, or. Well, you have to think the the Greek world was very very small compared to the expanse of the Roman Empire, the Achaean Empire, uh, what the Ottomans were doing, the Turks that followed them. Um, so it makes sense in in in, in 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 mileage. Sparta and Athens were very close together compared yeah. to like Rome well, and Gaul. Well, that like um, you do get the ability to to like in downtime in D and D, like between sessions or between campaigns, like you can compete in athletic events and um, earn money in, in, through that in order to maintain sure. your lifestyle and stuff. So, so that's that's a good thing to say. Like, hey, I'm I'm just going to compete in foot races, you know, between now and then, um, which will means i don't have to spend gold out of my character's purse in order to maintain my lifestyle yeah it all, uh, it almost sounds like the the campaign settings that are to be designed with theros in mind are much it, smaller in scale than say Faerun, where you know it's going to be three sessions to get from neverwinter to citadel felbar you know right yeah it'd be interesting i would probably do a um uh, I don't know, like an obese half work barbarian sprinter that um, doesn't win any races ever. He's like 0 and 33 in his career and then gets mad because they take a flag down from all the racetracks and then he just retires. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I see what you did there. I see what you did there. I understood that, right? <laughs> uh, no, but. Yeah, I mean the book itself is pretty cool. It's you know like um, like Pope said earlier, it's very Greek uh, or Grecian kind of um, themed. Uh, the satyrs seem like a cool race. I'm not gonna lie, the tritons. Seem so like Aquaman. Uh, the tritons, uh, they're like blue-skinned, um, actual uh, kind of like mer people. They're, yeah, they're merfolk. Yeah. Um, they don't really... They can... Strength, uh, constitution, and charisma all increase by one. Um, they tend towards neutrality. Uh, see. You can, they're amphibious, so you can breathe air and water. You can control air and water, uh, so you can cast fog cloud. Um, at third level, you can cast Gust of Wind, and at fifth level, you can cast Wall of Water. Uh, Dark Vision, uh, Emissary of the Sea, uh, communicate simple ideas with beasts that can breathe water. Uh, Guardians of the Depth, adapted to frigid ocean depths. You have resistance to cold damage, and so I mean, it's it sounds interesting. It just depends, I guess, on what really your campaign is going to be. Obviously, if you're going back in your DM allows you to say you can build anything in any source material for your character, and then you build a Triton and you're going to, uh, you know, Mount Doom, uh, probably not the best character choice. <laughs> but... Yeah, some people are masochistic in that sense. I mean, if if you play a Triton and you don't have somebody in your party scream for alligator, use hydro pump, and then you cast wall of water, you're just doing it wrong. You have not fully grasped the 
concept. Or, uh, you know, refraining from channeling your inner 12-year-old and go, well, every class is capable of a gust of wind. <laughs> this guy fathers <laughs> yes if i could only teach my eight month old how to do that right oh, now he get, just he'll get there, he'll get there yeah i don't i don't have to train him to do that like it, we feed him and then he just sits there and goes And then, then it's just a mess. I've got a cat. That's what I got. I'm good. I'm I'm good with fur babies. Pathfinder's good. I can't even take care of myself. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, uh, Ham Hambone Hambone and Hulking Weevil play Pathfinder. They play a game together up in uh, good old Willy Poe. I've done a I've done a couple Pathfinder games. The the, the rule set's a lot of fun. It is. I uh, we I played actually, Path. Sorry, Whoa. I was just gonna say I actually know um, one of the editors and quest writers for Pathfinder. Oh, that's pretty sweet. That's awesome. He actually offered. He said if if we have a group that wants to play Pathfinder um, and needs like an intro into it, he said that he would run the quest line that he wrote. For Pathfinder, uh, he would DM it for us and get us situated, answer any questions, and kind of just sit in on a couple sessions if we needed help. We'll keep that in mind for uh, the the inevitable wave two lockdown. Yeah. <laughs> coming coming to a town near you, September twenty twenty. The 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 group I play board games with, uh, they had convinced me to give tabletop rpgs like pathfinder and dungeons dragons another shot and the way they lured me in was in pathfinder 2 you can play a barbarian that picks an animal spirit and then every time you enrage you uh your hands and face change to become that uh that you're, animal you're a bear aren't you so i'm a bear and <laughs> the the introduction Fitting. of my the the introduction of our story was like us we are this team we we're guarding a caravan and they had never seen me enraged before so i turned into this like half bear half man and everybody in the party was just like what the? <laughs> <laughs> oh that's awesome that's awesome yeah it it's it was definitely like they they found a character that I would definitely like, and now I'm willing to try like other classes and stuff. Dude, definitely just... you, I'm gonna give you my Sherlock Holmes character. Uh, I I think that would be a perfect character for you to play. To <laughs> be honest, it. you've you got the witticisms do down. Yeah. yeah, I'll try it. I was trying to think because I almost died in the last session with that character, and I was like, man, what? What, what? would what would the Pope do? No, I'm just like, what ridiculous uh, fictional character can I make a character in D&D based off of that's just going to be completely off the wall? And then I was like, hmm, maybe like a Dick Dastardly or... Uh, Dick <laughs> like Van just, Dyke. Yeah. But it's got to be the Diagnosis Murder version of Dick, the, Dick Van Dyke. Oh, oh Diagnosis it, Murder uh, is the best one. No, definitely uh, the Chimney Sweeper one. <laughs> what, about, what about Diagnosis Murder with the chimney sweeper costume 
Now we can do the John Mulaney stuff again. It was murder. <laughs> it was a pleasure streaming with all of you. <laughs> Hashtag not sponsored by John Mulaney. Are we are we not allowed but to willing do to accept in? the sponsorship? You know, I I don't know with this whole DMCA thing going on right now. You've got you've got so much ambiguity right now in in the streaming community. You've got you've got folks like Tim the Tatman and and Asmongold taking down clips from the last you know seven years just carte blanche. Um, you've got Method deleting some of their stuff. It's it's uh. There, 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 there's, you can definitely tell that the record industry is moving in and that Twitch is just like, the law is out of date. We don't know what to do. Yeah, it's, I don't know. It's, it's weird to me because it's just VODs, right? But that's the way it is on YouTube, right? You can't, yep. um, if it's live, you can play the music, but you can't have it in a VOD. So technically, technically under the, the for those who aren't aware, it, all of this is coming from the DMCA, the Digital Millennium Copyright Act, which was actually written in 1998, pre-millennium. It was signed on the law by President oh, Bill Clinton. They, they didn't care about it back then. They knew the world was going to end in the year 2000. Yeah. Midnight, 1999, oh, yeah. December 31st, the world was going to end. Be kind, rewind. I thought it was like dude and well no at at, at ambulance at the time it was uh napster that was the big deal yeah uh i just gonna say this and this will probably is what will get drew banned fuck metallica <laughs> napster had a good thing going there um uh, just gonna say <laughs> listen rip listen ever ever since that kid stole napster from seth green in that Mark Wahlberg movie, you know, it's just never been the same. Hot Tub Time Machine? Remember LimeWire? Yes, I remember LimeWire. I remember FrostWire. And then it became FrostWire. And then and then it was Pirate Bay. And then... <laughs> yep. You know, the, best, the best part about LimeWire was, you know, sitting in the dorms in school. And then, like, somebody would be like, they'd start playing the, the new hit track. And then their volume would cut off. And then it would just start screaming obscenities as they scramble <laughs> to turn off the, the track. Like, of course, .exe yes. is a music Fire. file. Oh, yeah. No, but uh, as it stands right now, with, 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 with the law how it is, um, all of the consumer agreements that we sign when we sign up uh, for, for Spotify, for Apple Music, for um, oh, what are some other uh, SoundCloud, um, they are for, it's kind of like renting a movie from Netflix or uh, renting a movie from Redbox. It's intended for personal enjoyment. And streaming live is not personal enjoyment because you are redistributing that form of uh, media. So theoretically, um, right. Paul, Paul Rubin can't jerk off in a, in a nude theater. It's, it's personal, personal enjoyment. enjoyment. Exactly. It can't be in public. But it's the same reason you can't take a, a DVD copy of Star Wars, go to the library, and, and watch it with the kids, you know? Um, one, you'll get them all sick. But two, um, you don't have the, the distribution agreement for that. Otherwise, the, 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 the Mickey Mouse lawyers will come down on you before you can even say, hi there. Um, it, it took me a moment to realize that I was like, Star Wars can't get people sick. And then I was like, oh... God, there. Oh, <laughs> yeah. 
So it and right now Twitch is operating under this uh, three strikes rule, just like YouTube and just like every other platform. Um, yeah, the comment in there is exactly what I was going to say. I mean, there's a clear difference, I guess, if as a streamer, if I'm taking donations and I am uh, getting subscriptions and stuff, I'm making money off the platform and playing that music. It can be misconstrued as people are paying me for playing the music or playing the video or something. But if if you're not making money off it, like going down to the local library and showing kids Star Wars and just as an enjoyment, hey, watch this video so they all shut up and I can get my you know work done thing is completely different from me being on a platform where people are watching me and paying me money, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah so... Big... No, go ahead, go Pope. There's, there's a big difference. Uh, that was a discussion uh, we had Mama Pope uh, was an ancient history teacher, and she would play Mulan after they watched, after they completed their China unit. She, she would play Hercules, and uh, you know there are there are always those disclaimers at the beginning of the movies. But there's a big difference between taking your personal copy of a movie and showing it to sixth graders or showing it to you know your family at the library, than than there is charging an entrance fee. So you'll see a lot of community-driven events like dive-in movies or you know movies in the park, music in the park, that kind of stuff. Where you know they're they're playing and showing copyrighted things, but because they're community-based events, there's no revenue to turn off of it. So th those things go largely ignored. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's the same thing with video games. I mean, if you're putting on a tournament um, like we did in college, where it you know it was hey show up. You can play Smash Brothers, you can play Guitar Hero, you can do all these things, and we're not charging you anything for it. Just show up and play. Um, we didn't have to worry about it. Now, if we were doing like a $50 buy-in for a huge you know, pot of money at the end and stuff, then we'd, we'd run mm -hmm. it. First of all, a small game's a chance, license, and all that. But, mm -hmm. but then also you'd run into you know, um, some issues with Microsoft and Bungie saying, well, you're profiting off, off our, our materials for sole... For individual use. Like, look, I'm I'm all for for artists getting their due, but it it doesn't seem like this particular motive is artist driven. You're seeing you're seeing a whiplash reaction, where the RIAA went to Twitch and said, "Hey, fix this," or in 24 hours there's going to be an injunction filed on your website. So Twitch just went balls deep with this enforcement, not even giving partnered streamers. A heads up saying, hey, this is what needs to happen. Um, all of a sudden, you would have these these longtime, even legacy partnered streamers that have been with the platform pre-Amazon acquisition suddenly getting two, two, uh, two copyright strikes from content that's, you know, eight years old that isn't even accessed anymore. That's where the 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 outrage and the frustration is is currently had. Um I think the law itself needs to be updated. Um, but as, as Rich, as you, you and I have discussed oftentimes with the legislative process being students of political science, laws are currently being written by people who have no understanding of the industries they're trying to regulate. Well, and at the end of the day, I mean, if people just listened to what the authority said and did what they were told, they wouldn't get, you know... <laughs> 
yeah this is it, it, it's a it's it, it's a balancing issue um do i think that people come to my stream or method or to uh serious gaming or to salute or to s fan stream to to listen to their spotify playlist no they go to watch the entertainment you know they go to watch that streamer put on a show and the music is sideshow to that what about if i put it on uh if like so what about if i change the pitch volume and something and then uh and then just do something ridiculous on top of it do you think it would fall under parody laws oh my my friend said that uh when he was in college if he changed two things about the article it wasn't plagiarism it had to be at least two Okay. It's just like getting behind New York Times paywalls and throwing a period between the end of .com and the slash. I think, I think fundamentally the issue is that once, once popular music is created, it's no longer owned by the creator. It's always owned by the, the production company behind Correct. it. And the production company, you know, they have the, the legal assets to pursue things like this because, you know, that's their music to make money off of. And, and I bet more often than not, the, the people that are making the music wouldn't care right. individually. So like, you bring up a great point. Uh, Drake came out on Twitter and said, I don't care. Use my music on Twitch. Use my music on Mixer. Um, but, it, it, but, it, but unfortunately, it's not his call to make because it's his record label that, is, yeah. that has the, the power there. You know? there, there was a, it was like a Twitter battle a couple years ago uh, before Prince passed away where somebody posted a video from one of Prince's concerts where he did the song creep by Radiohead mm -hmm. and Prince who, you know, he always held the rights to his own music and had his own production company, uh, you know, wanted the song taken down. He wanted, he wanted that video removed uh, because it infringed on his copyrights to his music and the the gentleman that posted the video actually reached out to the lead singer of Radiohead, and Radiohead was like, "Well, we didn't give you permission to sing that song, Prince. You broke our copyrights, so mm -hmm. you need to leave the video up." Like that's that's sort of like the weird backwards things. Like if if this weird like you you lose your money or you lose you you use creative control over your your music i'm william shattering now it's coming full circle because i'm sleepy um you lose control of your music the creative people lose control of their music to a corporation that only cares about the dollar and not about the value and then you have streamers and youtube broadcasters and, and richard's off the screen now and I'm oh no we lost richard oh no Back. I'm talking to myself now. He's back. Oh my god. We got him. We got him. Oh, mute again. Oh, all right. You you lose. I I'm you know what? Richard disappeared. I'm distraught. I'm I'm not going to finish that. No, I think I know where you're going with that. And I and and there This is one of those weird spots where suddenly either we're all Twitch lawyers or Facebook lawyers or insert social media platform expert here. Um until the until the law changes, we're kind of between a rock and a hard place. So what under the current law can be done? Um, right. The obvious solution is don't play music, which is kind of shitty. It's kind of boring. 
or create your own music yeah which is also yeah. very time consuming and also runs the risk of let's call it let's call a spade a spade being very shitty um recorder well, there's... and a pen and whistle i mean i could go full full cardinal copy and bust out a kazoo on stream uh yeah jasmine is right there is royalty free music on youtube but you've got to be careful with that um there have been instances where that algorithm that twitch and mixer have been using has been pulling uh, jamson i'm yeah. sorry my uh my uh my dyslexia is kicking in pope's sleepy i can't read it all balances out um <laughs> But uh, you run into that risk where that algorithm even picks that up. Um, Harris Heller is in a similar spot. He does a bunch of stream beats. That's actually the play with playlist that we're listening to right now in the background. Um, this was provided to streamers by him directly, so it is directly sourced. Um, so that's one. That's another solution. The other solution, and the last one, runs the risk of uh, running afoul of of, uh, of antitrust laws, and that is since Twitch is an Amazon-owned entity now. They could just throw their middle fingers up to the RIAA and say, we're going to integrate Amazon Music with Twitch. And say, okay, we're going to take an extra 1% out of the commissions that affiliates and partners make to offset that increased cost. But again, you run the risk of it being a monopoly. I just really yes, hate it, it when people have Park Place and I only have no Marvin Gardens. Truth. I I think to Pope's point though it, it and basically it comes back to a political discussion of capitalism and and everything else. But you know it, basically you're taking the value away from the creator, um, and the artists themselves basically are saying we create this music because we love it. We want our fans to enjoy it. They can use it, and then you have this this quote-unquote evil corporation over the artist saying, no, we create you create this music so that we can generate revenue uh, and hire more people um, for shitty salaries or shitty contracts so that they can generate more music for us so we can make more money. And it's um, so it, it basically gets to a point where the artist is, um, the value of the artist is diminished now. Um and not that it wasn't before, but it's becoming very apparent that the creators are not um, are not valued at what they should be. So, and, and that goes even to uh, we had a conversation about um, John Krasinski and his good news now. Mm -hmm. Some good um, news, yeah, yeah. And you know that everybody had a um, everybody had this great like reception to it, right? And they're like, oh yeah, we love John Krasinski. And he's doing like all these good news stories, but then as soon as he sold it, then they were like, "Oh well, you're selling out. Like you're going corporate, blah blah blah, blah all this stuff." And it's like, okay, but you want <laughs> you want him to create, but you don't want him to be paid for it. It's I don't know. It's just like it doesn't inherently inherently lose its authenticity because you put a price on it. Right, and that and it could be you know, to go back to the the music industry as well. Look what Billie Eilish is doing as with with her current career trajectory. You know, she is known for that electronic synth of kind of mix between uh, Lady Gaga and um, oh gosh, uh, I I just thought she was the bad guy. She is the bad guy. No, um, I'm trying to. The, the the artist that passed away a couple years ago um, in England. I, I just, oh, I'm yeah. drunk. Oh, Amy Winehouse? Yeah, Amy Winehouse, yeah. 
Um, but she and and her 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 image is based on you know exaggeratedly baggy clothing. She wanted people to focus on the art and the music versus um, her body. Yeah. Her body. Now that she's you know made Billy it big, that Billy Idol is back. Uh, he was last featured as Spike in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. But uh, now she's now she's starting to capitalize on it, and you know her last concert or something. She did this reveal where she, you know, got out of that baggy clothing. So it's like, at what point is everybody a sellout? Um, to the point that, uh, uh, as you call him, Jasmine uh, Jamson is saying there, the the artist can take control of their creation. And actually, there's been a number of artists that have come out to try to tell newer artists getting into the music industry what to do and how to do it properly. Um, I know that, uh, Ludacris has a whole song. It's a whole rap song that he had on one of his, his, uh, albums about like taking control of your own thing. He's like, you're coming into the hip hop, uh, genre or the hip hop game. And you don't even, you don't even own your own name. Like the, the label gave you a name and they copyrighted it. They trademarked it and everything. So you don't even own your own name. If something happens between you and your label, you have to walk away from even your identity within the music industry. So, you know, and he goes through this whole song about how, like, you need to take control of your own name. You need to create your own company to control your assets. You need to and do all this stuff. But it's, you know, I could take this all the way back to the beginning of the conversation today. But, you know, at the end of the day is that what tends to happen more often than not, is that you find uh, the Justin Bieber's or these younger artists who are uh, have like immaculate either uh, instrument abilities or vocal abilities, and they're looking to make a break. And a, a production company comes to them and says, "Hey, we can make you a star." And they sign a contract, um, and the record label or the production company is giving them no guarantees. So they sign whatever contract they can get to try to make a little bit of money off of it, and then they end up getting screwed in the end. And I mean that that goes back all the way to, um, you know, if you if you watch like N.W.A. in the in the early hip hop scene, um, and how they were taken advantage of. If you even go back further than that, and you go back to like the Elvis Presley time, and the, look at the black hip uh, the black artists back then for the blues and the, and the rock, like they were signed to labels and not given hardly anything and it's not just it's just not limited to the music industry as well i mean look what happened with edison and tesla well yeah i know i know but i mean from a music industry perspective the 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 industry itself has always undervalued the artist oh absolutely um and because of that the um the mentality of i think the general public is to undervalue the artist but that's i mean that's the same thing if you look in in like um in art in terms of like paintings and stuff you know, you, you, how many times, and we've all done it, you go to see an art show or something, or you're walking by a piece of art, and you look at it and go, oh, well, that's a, I mean, my, my three-year-old daughter could have wrote that, you know, or did that, and you're just like, and you kind of dismiss whatever creativity went into it, and um, so you just kind of diminish the value of, of the creator. Um, so anyway, that, that's way off topic, but yeah, that's 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 my... My, no, but uh, I think you're on to something. It's it's the record it's the record industry playing on the perception of folks. You know, and that's the thing about art. It's not as much as we want to 
make music this contrived formulaic you put x amount of effort into this input and you get this predictable y output um it is still incredibly subjective and only, that's what only, the only rivers cuomo has the has the the has the book with the formula on how to make a hit song yeah but he's like a weird like eunuch like he makes good music but he's still like a weird eunuch guy yeah, but but, didn't he write didn't he write the book like the oh, how, how to write how to write the world's best pop song uh, yeah. something like that yeah he like I, produced he produced one copy and like keeps it on him so you just just swing back to the like the commercialization and and ludicrous could you imagine like ludicrous waking up one day with without any sort of consent you know he turns on the tv to watch you know x-men in the morning and he sees a commercial for ludicrous cereal like that's that's sort of where we're we're pushing people in this direction and and well, Mel Brooks uh, I, had a had a phenomenal skit with that with Spaceballs. You know, uh -huh. Spaceballs the flamethrower, Spaceballs the video game, Spaceballs the serial. You know, where does it stop? You know, we saw it with Star Wars in the last cycle for uh, 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 the Rise of Skywalker and, and The Last Jedi. You know, you had Star Wars Jeeps being created. You had Star Wars toothbrushes. You know, it, at, at, at a certain yeah. point, you... That's just the consumerist. I mean, I mean that's part of again the the economy and the consumerist nation that 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 we or society are, that we live in now are you talking smack on my c3po toothbrush Hell you no, have it you have a 2d2 one <laughs> maybe but i got but the yeah, kylo ren one it just gives me cavities Ooh. <laughs> it gets you want to know how i got these stars? <laughs> pretty much um i, I mean that yeah, I mean that's part of it though is the consumerism, but I mean you've had that all the way back too. Um you know, even in the 80s and the 90s with us growing up, you know, the the movies coming out, kids are hyped for it. It's now McDonald's toys, it's, you know, it's in the toy shelves, it's what everybody wants for Christmas, you know, those type of things. But you know, to Pope's point, just imagine Ludacris waking up one day and his record label, he doesn't own his name, and his record label now says, yeah, you're no longer Ludacris. We're going to create uh, this, basically like this, it, Ludacris isn't a person anymore, it's a title, and you're no longer Ludacris. We're giving it to this new up-and-comer rapper, and he's going to be Ludacris now, and you're going to be Slim Jenkins Jones the fourth, Like... That's the shit that kind Senor of Senor Benito Pistachio the like, 6th? Right. Yeah, that's how I became uh, Senorito Pistachio Benito Papacito the 6th. <laughs> but just, I mean, but what, do I do, what do I do with my street shark shark mobile? Um, well, when they show... Give it to me, because that's dope. Yeah. <laughs> I still want to see the... Uh, all right. I got something for us later. All right. Are we... <laughs> Where are we at on this topic? <laughs> Uh, DMCA needs updating. RIAA bad. That's 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 the TLDR of, the of this is, and every other podcast talking about this. <laughs> the, uh, to, to be honest, I don't think I've been paying attention for the last like forty five minutes. DMCA is that uh, Devil May Cry anniversary edition? I wish. I wish. Uh, no, it is the Digital Millennium Copyright Act. Okay. Kind of like Rico for the Millennium. The problem with that is, is that it's not going to change because the record industry and production companies want to keep it that way. But 
it would take the artist banding together and either unionizing or like pulling their resources in order to lobby to get it changed in favor of the artist or in favor of public use, as opposed to um, the, the, the the music industry is never going to change that. I, oh, I absolutely. Yeah, I think we're seeing a reflection of that now um, with independent music creators. Uh, I follow, I listen to most of my music on YouTube. Uh, I pay for YouTube Premium. Uh, I, I absorb most of my content through YouTube. But there are content creators that do anime covers and other kind of covers, and they also produce their own individual music, and they're generating revenue through YouTube views through Patreon, mm -hmm. through record sales, and there's no there's no production company involved at all. Every the 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 copyrighted content that they make is either cleared or you know used under fair use. Um and you know their individual music there they are the producers. And and I'm seeing more and more independent music creators than I am seeing uh, like these corporate uh, assembled people. Like, I, I don't know if anybody is familiar with Sean Mendez. He was probably one of like the biggest, the yep. biggest uh, male vocalists for, for a long time in the, in the, the, the late 2010s. He had some, he had some pretty dope jams. Uh, what, the one nothing's holding me back that song is dope and it's been on my playlist ever since but he's just fallen off the earth like i i i haven't heard of a new sean mendez track i haven't heard uh, of anything from him and that's that's part of the like you always have to put the new thing in front because they're generating the value for you so seeing these independent uh, seeing independent creators is, is pretty exceptional. We actually, uh, we have a friend within our community group. Uh, her, her tagline is Freya. She does these awesome techno tracks. Uh, bruh, check SoundCloud. her sound. Yeah. yeah bruh, check Through her sound. Yeah. The, um, uh, to, to Jamson's point there. Um, I think part of the issue with that is, is that they have these, uh, the, the ULAs, uh, or yeah, the ULAs, the, the EULAs, and yeah, user the license agreements. Yeah, thank you. Uh, those things um, are so um, boilerplate. Yeah, they're boilerplate, and they're so full of legal ease that the average person is not going to understand it. And within that, you're agreeing to basically know and understand all these laws, which gives the corporation the power to to let the dogs loose because basically you have zero protection because you're stating, Oh yeah, I know the, I know the, the law for the, the DMCA. Oh, you click this I box and it. Yeah. Yeah. I have read the terms and agreements is definitely the biggest lie. Any of us has told lately. That's right. Yeah. But, uh, no, I think, uh, I lost that point. Uh, let me just close my remarks saying with the, with the whole YouTube artist thing, I agree. Um, one of my, one of the, ra one of the musical rabbit holes I've been going down on right now is a synth going wave. Yeah, I know. Right. A synth wave rabbit hole. And one of my favorite covers or one of my favorite songs is a cover. It's, um, dance, dance with the dead 
they did a, a cover of, of Rats by Ghost. And it is just everything the 1980s should have been. Let's let's go on let's go on that. So before we start taking questions from the chat, let's I got I got two things for you guys. One, real quick rapid fire. Um one A jackal. What, yes, it's a jackal. <laughs> um what music are you listening to currently? Like uh genre, uh, artist and um like how how did you come across it? Classic rock. Um, definitely inspired by the Guardians of the Galaxy soundtracks that came out. Uh, definitely weaved a rabbit hole through that. Uh, folk music. Um, I've been listening to a band called the Decemberists. I absolutely love them. Yes. Um, yes. Yes. Uh, and I found this random dude on YouTube uh, who does guitar covers. His name is Josh Turner Guitar. And his band is called The Other Favorites. And, like, I cry every time. Stuff is so good. I have been all over the place with my music. Um, probably my biggest, uh, my my most heavily used playlist right now is a playlist uh, called Bangers with Babish. Um, inspired, music inspired by the YouTube series Binging with Babish. Um, and it's just this weird amalgamation of folk rock, of modern hits, of fucking... Chromio is on this playlist. Um, and it's, it's just all over the place. It, one of the artists that I discovered from this playlist is an artist, a gentleman by the name of Theo Katzman. And that, that music has been kind of my daily driver, so to speak. Um, he has two singles that I would recommend. Uh, the first one is called Hard Work. And then the second one is You Could Be President. And then outside of that, it's uh, my standard... Uh, Standard metal, uh, ghost, uh, ghost, more ghost, <laughs> sabaton. Every now and then, uh, we got Iskande with the Mongolian death metal. Oh, I still go in on nerdcore hip hop. If you like any any hip hop of of any type, and you are a nerd, you need to listen to Mega Ran, MC Lars, MC Chris, and Schaefer the Dark Lord. Those dudes are insane oh and mc front a lot those guys are awesome they rap about like lunch boxes and voltron and anything you could think of smoking weed reese's peanut butter cups the the tracks are insane is that me i've been, <laughs> I've, been uh i've been bouncing between a couple things um and you guys know well that my musical tastes <laughs> are like it's like a shotgun like you could put musical genres on the wall and it's it is like bird shot my friend and it's um I, I i went back and i started listening to and pope will appreciate this uh i've been listening to a lot of old metro station uh lately Shaking. yep and um and then i've been listening to the weezer teal album which is their cover album uh good choice fucking, fucking love the covers on that one um Africa's pro the most mainstream one that's out there, and it's probably the worst cover on that. Um, but oh man! And then I've just been doing a lot of. Um, I've been listening to. I kind of got down this rabbit hole of uh, the hip hop diss tracks. I've been like listening to a lot of like diss tracks, and then following like the various beefs in hip hop, like 
okay, this person released this song and it was a beef against this person. So then they released this song and it brought this other person in. So they released this and like trying to like follow this tree of music of like these back and forth. Um, it, are, it's there, actually been... are there any beefs that are like petty? Like, like the, oh, the guy the, bought the lad, the bought the guy right at the concert bought the last pack of Skittles out of the vending machine. <laughs> so I'm just going to cut his life down. Like, <laughs> Yeah, no, there's there's plenty of like stupid ones like, oh, you, you know, you were on a uh, radio show and uh, they, they, you know, basically somebody was like, yeah, I don't really like that group. You know, they're 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 OK. And then like that prompts like somebody to put a diss track out. My favorite one that I've been listening to, though, is is going old school. And again, it goes back to N.W.A. and uh, Ice. Uh, um Ice Cube when Ice Cube dropped out of NWA and they they uh, uh, the two songs I've that I've kind of listened to the most are uh, 100 Miles and Running, which is NWA's diss of Ice Cube and then Ice Cube put out a song called No Vaseline, um, which if you haven't heard it is amazing uh, and he basically again to kind of go back to the whole music thing talks back then about how uh, NWA is getting getting fucked by the record label. Um, with no Vaseline, and he dropped out of the group, created his own company, and is now making all the money from his music as opposed to them going through the 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 music um, industry. So, jeez. Um, all right, I got yeah, one. Uh, what about your guilty pleasure album? What has been that guilty pleasure getting you through quarantine? Hmm. I don't. I have to agree with Pope on this one. I go back to the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, albums a lot. Um, there's a lot of nostalgia in those songs for me. From sure. like, cause my, my parents listened to that music when I when I was growing up. Um, but, oh man, I have been listening to uh, Old Mumford and Sons, and I've been listening to the Decembers too. Uh, some so. I would say those ones. If it's not, um, if it's not that, then it's probably. I've been listening a lot to Eminem's "Music to Be Murdered By" recently. Uh, I just think that's his latest album, and that it's just really good. But what's keeping me going are anime OP covers, uh, <laughs> specific, okay. spe- specifically from Nate Wants to Battle, Jonathan Young, and Lee and Lee, and. They they translate the music into English. The the tracks are bumping, and they have stuff from from almost any show you could think of. If you're a fan of Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, check out Lee and Lee's cover of Again. That song is. Oh, I'm gonna need you to DM me the link to that. I'm I'm doing it right now. While you're doing that, my my guilty my guilty pleasure albums are completely disassociated from that. Um, the one that has been on my playlist probably the most is going to be the Hamilton mixtape. Oh, hell yeah. Because it was co-produced with Lin-Manuel and The Roots. And there are guest appearances by Jimmy Fallon, Alicia Keys, Kelly Clarkson, and Buster Rhymes. Well, I mean, you said Jimmy Fallon and Buster Rhymes, so I'm not really interested no, and uh, John Legend does a very, very nice cover of History Has Its Eyes on You. So shameless plug for our Disney corporate overlords, Hamilton is coming to Disney Plus this summer. 
hey, I'm gonna since since we had that rap that rap beef like hip hop thing, I'm gonna start a beef with Busta Rhymes right now, right on this podcast <laughs> right now. Busta Rhymes, you are not the fastest rapper in the world. You just say syllables multiple times like you you just say get it get it get it get it get it get it you realize i'm 20 minutes from camden right bro i'm listening for the car screeching outside (laughs) you're 20 minutes from camden i'm five minutes from southwest philadelphia it doesn't matter bro somebody just had had the drunk nerds podcast on their car (laughs) they heard you say that about buster rhymes and right outside drew's apartment they're like it's you know what it's gonna probably be the instacart driver that couldn't figure out where i lived two hours ago because that son of a bitch i finally found him this is what i think about your bananas this is this is gonna be the the uh the dmca because i just went get it get it get it get it and that's every no 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 no. you 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 also you mentioned reese's peanut butter cups you were just choking on it oh exactly (laughs) gotta gotta cover all your bases exactly well, we are almost to the 11 o'clock hour. Um, Pope, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on. Um, Thank you for having me on. We have to do the questions. We have to ask the... Oh, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. We have to do the Q&A. So if anybody in the chat has questions for us that they want to hear our obnoxious opinions on, then... Now is the time. Means, Speak yeah. now or forever hold your chats until or two here. weeks from now. I'll also, tell you what, what I say. I'll tell you, I'll, I'll tell you what... Uh, what I tell everybody when I do training and stuff, either you can interact with us and make this, you know, enjoyable, or you can just listen to us talk and that'll be fun for us and not you. (laughs) What is your least obnoxious opinion? Uh, Next question. (laughs) Pope, how do we become as beautiful a soul as you? Uh, I try to emulate uncle Iroh from Avatar The Last Airbender as much as I can in my life. That is the only acceptable answer. Yep. Uh, Pope, not sure if you are still reading comics, but what are the wrecks? Uh, let's go back to the previous question. Uh, I have a best friend named Minivan Gaming. And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh. what, what are my comic recommendations? I haven't been reading too many comics lately uh i've gotten into like mixed media manga stuff um you gotta read webcomic you gotta read lil char and the gang that's adorable yes uh there is a horror manga called shibuya goldfish and it's about giant sentient goldfish that eat people in the shibuya district of japan it's I amazing. Totally, I totally thought you were going to say Scooby-Doo. Like, there, when I heard the shh, I was like, Scooby-Doo, it's coming. Well, I mean, there was a comic version uh, done by DC called Scooby Apocalypse mm-hmm. that started super strong. I was really dissatisfied with the end, but, I mean, you got to watch Daphne, like, explode people's heads with a shotgun. So, that's just value if, that's amazing. if you haven't seen anything. Yeah. In a Scooby-Doo episode. <laughs> <laughs> it was a Scooby Doo episode. They're reading the comic book. Shaggy is a hipster. Uh, Scooby, but is it's only ten percent of his power level. Yeah, but <laughs> oh, Scooby oh. is actually genetically modified, and he has a uh, like a Super Saiyan like Dragon Ball Z Scouter 
that allows him to communicate. And then, like, Scrappy-Doo can hulk out and become, like, a were-doo. It's so cool. It's so cool. Put me in a, uh, in a Scooby-Doo still. It's probably the best picture I've ever received in my life. I love Scooby-Doo. And the, uh, Who Drank My Beers? I don't remember that. When you find out who drank all your beers, you know which one it was, because you made the uh, background from it. <laughs> oh, oh, that. Yes, yes. Sorry. That thing. Okay, never mind. I totally remember. The first sponsored, uh, stream-sponsored Command & Conquer tournament. Um, if you had been here the entire time, you know we would have discussed that we can't do that. The bearded ham bone. With your luscious beard and ham boniness. We can't do a sponsor or a tournament, but we could probably stream Command & <laughs> We can We can certainly look into a stream-sponsored Command & Conquer tournament. That might be something... Uh, when we get the actual Drunk Nerds channel up and running. So that'll that'll be the segue into the the kind of the goal setting for this. The the hope is for the next episode is that the Drunk Nerds has our we have our own uh, Twitch channel. So that's that's goal number one. So Minivan and I are gonna collaborate on getting that together. Uh, but in the meantime, we uh we are now on Spotify and Anchor FM. So if you had missed the first episode, you can now listen to it on Spotify, or you can download it on Anchor FM. And within the week, this episode will be posted to both of those platforms there. That's yeah, the warm, coffee. fuzzy political answer I wanted. <laughs> Coffee's doing... Pandering. Uh, <laughs> coffee is doing work in the background. Man. Uh, I didn't know we were on Spotify. Uh, that was as of today. Look at me now, Ma. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens when you need to find time to, uh, to to bill for at work while using tools that the company provides. Um, <laughs> this was all done in Logic Pro and GarageBand. Did you get that? <laughs> um, Please don't fire uh, me for time theft. <laughs> I'll, go, I'll go back. I'll go back. Uh, my least obnoxious opinion is that uh, Juan is disgusting. Did you hear My... that? There is the, that is the rumbling of hundreds of baby boomer Karens rising up in agony against you. My, oh, least, my least obnoxious opinion is that unfrosted Pop-Tarts are better than frosted Pop-Tarts. Um, so here's a funny story. I cannot find um, unfrosted blueberry Pop-Tarts down here. Can't find them. Been to probably a dozen stores no nobody carries them uh during the pandemic they were short on on uh flavors of pop tarts that they could get so they got unfrosted blueberry so i bought a couple boxes of it and i'm like sweet i can finally get it so i get them and then kate goes back to the store and orders online and and um the way it works at that store is like you can order it, and then then the, it gives a disclaimer like, hey, if we don't have this, can we substitute it? And on the Pop-Tarts, she put unfrosted blueberry Pop-Tarts, and then she was like, do not sub it if you don't have it. And she ordered like, um, you know how there's the regular box that has four packs, and then there's like the big box that has like six? Yeah. So she, she ordered four boxes of the six packs of, of unfrosted blueberry Pop-Tarts. And they subbed it anyway, so now I have like 
36, uh, or no, four, uh, let's see, two times six is 12. That's 48 frosted blueberry Pop-Tarts to eat. So it sounds like there's going to be a Pop-Tart party at Minnie's, Minnie's place. Yeah. How'd you get COVID? Uh, blueberry Pop-Tarts. Just, do. Just, <laughs> just freeze them until your son has teeth. Yeah. He'll take care of those for you. But uh, um, my, uh, my, let's see, what was the question? Your d- 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 least, d- d- obnoxious least obnoxious opinion. Um, there's no such thing as a bad whiskey. There's no such thing as a bad whiskey. A good I, whiskey is a whiskey you like to drink. Yeah, I say, you know, for beer, I say every, people are like, I don't like beer. And I'm like, you just haven't tried the right beer. It's not that you don't like it. I and say the same thing probably- about scotch, yeah. That's probably true for most things. Uh, do you do you toast the pop tarts? Pope says no, he does not. I don't. I use a toaster oven, so it's not like putting them in a toaster. Um, it's more just like a mild heating them up. Yeah, um, I don't go for the full crispy like burnt marshmallow. I go for that kind of nice uh, gooey like, center. Yeah, like a deli style warm. Like when you get it like a like a muffin warmed up, you know. I like warm muffins. <laughs> and then that's uh, if, if that's all you guys take away from the podcast tonight we are in you wait muffin tops or muffin stumps uh... shut up newman <laughs> <laughs> any other questions we got time for no more but we'll take them favorite keyboard band mouse. keyboard and mouse corsair corsair, corsair. Corsair, I submitted an application. Please sponsor my stream. Hashtag not sponsored currently, but please sponsor <laughs> because coffee says so. Hashtag uh, I used to like Razor, but don't anymore because of customer service stuff. Oh, I agree. Yeah. No hashtag. I 100% agree. All right, one more. Anybody got one more? More question. Doesn't look like it. Oh, oh. love you too. When will Pope be back on the podcast? Hey, that name looks awfully suspicious. <laughs> as many times Pope, as you would like, Pope my friend. Topless <laughs> would like to know when Pope will be back on the front. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, whatever you, whatever yeah, you want. it's an open uh, door, my friend. Perfect. I'd like to get uh, what I really want to do. One of the ideas that we that Drew and I floated around is that at some point to get uh, like six of us on here a 3v3 uh almost like we used to do at the at the lunch table uh or cinema table. clash yeah basically like okay chris evans uh or like you know iron man versus um i don't know batman and then just go and have three on three like kind of go ham on each other for for a couple hours but obviously give um what I was thinking is do more groups um, or assign people things, uh, but they don't know who they're going against. So, like, you would have the character, like, you would have uh, Batman. Um, I don't know. It would be uh, like um, uh, Chris Chris Evans as uh, the Flame. I would just, yeah, I would just have Pope. I would say, okay, Pope, you these are the characters that you're gonna have to defend: Batman, the Tick, and Freakazoid. <laughs> And well, then, my team just wins. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and then, but you wouldn't know. So you would know those three characters, but you don't know who those characters are pitted against. 
I, I don't like care. then then the other team would have like the thing, Mr. Freeze and Brainiac or something like that. Yeah. So like Drew and I, I would win. know Drew and I would know who is pitted against each other, but then we would do like um anyway, but something like that where we could get a lot of interaction and, and get people off the uh you know in the chat involved in it and stuff. Okay, so Freakazoid is Dexter Douglas, he's a nerd computer ace. He uh, went inside the internet, got zapped to cyberspace. That's that's it. He wins. That's that's he's got his own theme song. Well, uh, have, there goes there goes the, that. <laughs> but he's against I, all the, all the kids from Digimon, who also all went to cyberspace. And their pets and, are, and their Digimon are made of pure cyberspace. Or just the kids? Are they just fighting? Like, is he like fighting the kids one on one? One v one. Is it like well, like he he has to fight? Is. He's got to fight TK and Kyrie, and then there's a wave of Ty and Matt like every three rounds or something like that. Like it'd be like Dragon Ball Xenoverse two. They'd have their Digimon with them. Oh, they would have their yeah, Digimon, but obviously they wouldn't have like full form Digimon. Like okay, so it'd be like Agumon and uh... right. Well, my party the has ever. the tick. My party has the tick, and his power is basically being an idiot, so he can just ignore them to the point where they don't exist. Yeah, but the tick would be the tick would be paired up versus Howard the Duck. <laughs> well, the Howard the Duck is, would be drunk then. <laughs> is well, if it's Howard the Duck, is it like Howard the, so the Duck characters... from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, or is no, it the, the one whole, that's yeah, is the it the one that slept with Marty McFly's mom? That one. <laughs> it's that one. Is Marty McFly's mom there? <laughs> Part of her might be. I don't know. <laughs> Part of her. Oh, wow. Jesus. <laughs> uh, this is an equal opportunity stream, everyone. We hate everyone equally. <laughs> we are not pro bestiality. So speaking, of, well, speaking, speaking of that. Uh, we have uh, no more questions in the chat. Um, Pope, we love you. You're one of our best friends. Is there anything that you would like to leave the viewers with before uh, we, we call it a night here? One. Mini coffee, thank you for having me. It was a blast to chat with some bros. And, uh, you know, over beverages. Well, you guys had beverages. I threw a bottle on the ground. Um <laughs> You can check out my socials. You can hit me up at Pope Mike on Twitter. You can hit me up on at Popeadopolis on uh, Instagram. And once a week on Saturdays, uh, you can catch the Jamson podcast on Jamson Entertainment at YouTube or on YouTube. Jamson Entertainment on YouTube. Uh, it's just a, another general nerd podcast. Um, and I do it with a buddy of mine, Steve. Uh, he's been Jamson in the chat. Uh, had a couple good questions today, but or Jasmine with my dyslexia. Yes, Jasmine. Actually, like when I first started like watching his channel, I would search Jasmine every single time. It was awful. But check me out on the Jamson podcast every Saturday, with the exception of next Saturday because I won't be in the state. Where You're you welcome. Going? Where are you going? I'm going to the Isle of Palms in South Carolina. Nice. Fun, enjoy and mm -hmm. uh, be, be safe. safe. Oh yeah. Well, wear your mask. Oh, I'm. I'm Wait, Pope. Pope, how tall are you? 
IRL? Six, five. So in order for social distancing to be a thing, you must keep at least one Pope's length away from people. Here, you can wear 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 your mask. Oh, definitely. <laughs> I'm disappointed. I found my Oh wait, hold on. Hold on. I'll be back for closing remark like like continue your closing remarks. I'll be back. Well, uh he's gone. What do we do? Well, we want to thank everybody for coming out tonight. As always, uh, we enjoyed our time with you. We enjoy that. Uh, basically, we just enjoy that 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 you uh, banter with us and uh, you guys put up um, with our obnoxious opinions uh, or not so. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> this is a silly hat. <laughs> when did you get that? Uh, uh, He's I a stupid that, hat. I got that shortly after uh, after I graduated. I had a whole bunch of money left over from school, and I was just like, you know what I need to do? That's buy, amazing. Buy a, buy a Pope hat that doesn't fit. My, my apologies to those who were listening on headphones when I did kind of my Thor Ragnarok yes, but that was just amazing. Uh, thank you everybody for coming out Pope it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on here with us on, for the second episode uh, we hope to have uh, many more guests in the future um, as well as uh, just some some nights sometimes with just Drew and I but we get lonely so uh, mainly him everybody have, everybody have a Don't great lie. night um, everybody have a great night uh, stay safe uh, continue to be safe please the the numbers are going back up for this pandemic so uh, continue your social distancing and safe practices. We want you to be able to come back and watch us again. So uh, have a great night, and uh, we love you all. Mini said it the the best. Be safe, everyone. Um, no, this is this is an incredible, incredible space. Um, chat as always. You guys are awesome with the poignant and awesome questions, uh, keeping us on our toes. Um, Mini, it's always a pleasure. I know you're you're doing your thing down there in Louisiana. Um, and then Pope, you're, 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 you're in spitting distance now, man. So once things, uh, once, once things get back to a socially acceptable level, we'll have to connect IRL and, and grab some real beverages, uh, alcoholic or otherwise. He said spitting distance. So the next time I see him spitting contest, llamas, llamas are mean. They spit. <laughs> I, I fully, I fully expect that the two of you are going to catch a plane at some point and get down here. Oh, absolutely. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Definitely. Um, but uh, I tossed the links uh, in the chat earlier. Uh, we are on Spotify. We are on Anchor FM. Uh, so if you missed the first episode, uh, feel free to go back and listen to that. Um, and then obviously this week I'll be working to get them this this episode up there as well too. Uh, so keep posted for those. Uh, in addition to that, um, I do want to thank the folks from the Good Game Report that came out tonight. Uh, we had DJ Barbar here for a bit. We had, I think... Uh, the official Megs Lurk and Daydreamer was here uh, for a little bit as well. Um, so from time to time, I do guest appear on the Good Game Report, not a game night uh, from time to time. And then I'm also working with one of the community managers, Peter Byte, to bring that Monsters of the Week concept uh, to Twitch as well too. So keep on the horizon for that. But uh, on, on behalf of all, all three of us, thank you all for tuning in. And once we get the, the official channel up and running, uh, we will make sure that we get everyone redirected over there. So with that, with that said, be safe, everyone. Uh, be kind to each other. 
and wash your damn hands. That'll be my, my swan song for the duration of this pandemic. Wash your damn hands. But with that, we will see you the next time, guys. Take care.